Welcome to the Calvary Podcast, a ministry of Calvary Episcopal Church recorded live in Memphis. The Calvary Podcast is weekly sermons, but also conversations, reflections, and provocations about the mystery of God and what it means to be human in the world in need of repair. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Sitting in the car the other day, Missy and I were chatting about the takedown of monuments and the difficulties of honoring figures in the past. I could probably find a more incendiary way to start a sermon if I tried, but that is actually uh, not my point. My point is that I veered off on a long tangent about how well Jesus has aged. Considering the vast differences in societal views between then and now concerning women or the disabled or just the belief of the worth of human lives in general, he comes out remarkably clean, prescient. Don't misunderstand me. Our age is certainly not the banner-bearing standard for judging the morality of ages past. Each era of history has its own great sins that are largely, that they are largely indifferent to, ours included. But considering Jesus through my admittedly flawed modern eyes, I don't know of an ancient philosopher or a messianic figure that does so well, kind of all the way through. Though I hope that one has immediately come to your mind and that you will write an email right after the sermon to argue with me about it, truly. There's, there is one story that I can think of that where you see Jesus using an ethnic slur when addressing the Syrophoenician woman, you know that story? And you get to watch him be checked by this woman. You see him pull back in astonishment as he discovers her faith, and worth. He changes his mind instantly, almost gleefully when you read the story. That being said, when I read this week's gospel, I don't know, is there a word I need to hear more from anyone right now than this? Come to me. All you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Is there anything your soul craves more than to see the image of God, gentle and humble, who says that you don't have to carry this weight? This word is for you. The weights are myriad right now. Every day I read a new article about them, About the working moms, for example, who struggled for generations to be allowed to envision a life beyond child-rearing, now relegated to the status of an inessential worker. Moms who already bore the heavier load of household management now being told that they'll have to make a choice. Parents and pediatricians worrying about children's development and isolation, the need to reopen schools, and all of you who work for schools, Scrambling to reinvent in a calculus of risk while our technological hubris at, you know, just doing this online has proven 
to be a technological nightmare, to borrow a phrase from the New York Times. And with all of this, every weight, every scenario has an outside, outsized effect on the poor and the alone, the ones who are already left behind. The way this pandemic felt in March, when the world ground to a halt for so many, the only redemptive piece for me was this glimmer of a common willingness to make ourselves small and simple on behalf of others. But as James Baldwin wrote, where all human connections are distrusted, the human being is quickly lost. Are you weary? Do you need rest for your souls? I was talking with a man last week who asked me to pray for a difficult situation his family is in, two hard diagnoses, one right after the other. He quoted Psalm 23. It tells me, he said, that there is a valley of the shadow of death, even with God. Yeah, I said, and also that we don't get to go around it. We go through it. This is the heart of Christianity, that in your darkest hours, at times you've sensed something present, something with like a capital S, maybe especially present then. That in each of us there's this strange inkling of gratitude for the beauty and wonder of life, and we say that there is a place to direct that gratitude because there is a giver that we know that things are not as they should be, and our urge to petition someone to set it right finds a divine audience. And as we search for this divinity, oftentimes it surprises us to find that this good and giving other is actually the one doing the searching for you. And this is the perfect image of God, Christians have declared human being who bears the weight with us, who gives you rest. But where all human connections are distrusted, the human being is quickly lost. Now every commentator on this verse wants you to know that Jesus' invitation to rest is not an excuse to have a faith which you lounge on contentedly while the world decays around you. So I feel like I've done my job mentioning that. But when I think about the difficulty of this hour we find ourselves in, I remember too that this verse has moved me deeply before. The litany of weights may have changed form, but not the function. The poor will be, always be with you, Jesus said once, and I might add, so will the anxiety. It is a little ironic to me that the stress of overfull calendars has now morphed into the stress of empty calendars, but my amusement ends pretty quickly there. What this says to me is that there's a restlessness in our hearts, that our many millennia of efforts at constructing a world that answers our longing for peace hasn't actually got us that far. The teachings of Jesus have aged well 
because they speak to something fundamentally at our core. How to learn rest in this weary world. There's a story of a certain monk who came to the abbot of a certain monastery and said, what ought I to do, Father? I am in great sadness. The elder said to him, ah, never despise anyone, never condemn anybody, never speak evil of anyone, and the Lord will give you peace. Tradition speaks of sin as a weight, as a heaviness, to clear your soul of spite, condemnation, of evil words. It's like every step could be a relief. Amen. If you're curious about Calvary Episcopal Church, we are an eclectic bunch of Christian people who don't all think the same thoughts or dress the same way or vote for the same candidates or even believe all the same things about the mystery of God and what it means to be human. But we do believe that we need each other because of our differences, not in spite of them, and that God calls us into unity, not uniformity. Subscribe to the Calvary Podcast at calvarymemphis.org podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit Calvary in person at the corner of 2nd and Adams in the heart of downtown Memphis, Tennessee.